Every year in the NFL, it's a new team. As far as goals go, we have one. Putting a ring on our finger. Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips. I'm Molly Bay. Today is August 18th, 2021. 22 days until kickoff. We get to beat up the Cowboys. Now it's going to be fun. Do you have confidence we're going to win that game? Yes. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll still be working some kinks out. I don't think it's going to be smooth, like as smooth as we saw <laughs> at the end kinks. of last season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Byron Leftwich has even said this team looks like a totally different team because they've got the practice in and stuff. We started watching the Hard Knocks. What did we get, 15 seconds into it? Yes. Started watching the Hard Knocks, and immediately Dak Prescott comes on, and I think the first thing he said was, what was it? My, uh, my cousin. No, his brother. His brother died. Yeah, his brother died, and, and they just started immediately with the, uh, what's it called? The personal stories. Yeah. Or the, what, there's a term for it. Well, and it's not, you know, it was just depressing. I watch right, it for entertainment right. to yes. be entertained. I don't want to hear, like, yes. I'm sorry that your brother tragically died. Like, that is awful. That is so sad. I hate that for you. That sucks. That's not entertainment to me. And I just don't want to watch depressing shit in my free time. This is so true. Now, Molly is somebody who she doesn't like to watch horror movies. She doesn't mm-hmm. like to watch anything depressing. She's a very upbeat, happy person. And she's got me into it because I used to watch all the horror movies. And I still am into very intense media all of it we go through his movie <laughs> list and it's like intense 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 yeah she's like i don't want to watch that apocalypse any action of movies it's just everything no, i don't even I don't mind anymore. action movies but like like a bruce willis mm-hmm. good old-fashioned action movie give me that mm-hmm. but i don't want like an apocalypse a zombie apocalypse movie and that's like mm-hmm. that's right the, the, so the bulk of your so she's gotten me more into lighter stuff. And I was thinking about this, you know, the state of the world and how everybody seems to be depressed and just anxious all the time now anymore. And I went back and I looked at the the top shows from the 1980s. Well, from the, the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2010s, 2020s, the top, the top 10 programs on television. And in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, that's the, it was all humor. It was all funny stuff. You know, the uh, the wedding, uh, what's it called? The, uh, the, the honeymooners, the uh, Three Stooges, stuff like that. You know, in the, in the 80s and 90s, you know, it was Friends and Seinfeld and Cheers. Seinfeld. Seinfeld? Yeah. What did I say? Seinfeld. Seinfeld. It was just, <laughs> sorry. Seinfeld. And, uh, you know, even up into the 2010s, but in the 2000s or the 2000s, you started seeing this encroachment of the heavy, serious drama like Sopranos and uh, mm-hmm. Hill Street Blue or not Hill Street Blues, uh, ER and all these, these programs that were more dramatic. And then in the 2010s, that's all it was. Mm-hmm. There was one humor show, what two? out of the top 10, whereas it was the other way around for most of the time. It was usually eight 
of the top 10 shows were humorous. But in the 2010s, it was eight of the top 10 shows were dramatic. You know, these serious, intense shows like Game of Thrones and, and whatnot. And all I, the crime dramas. Crime dramas. Like oh, yeah. Movies. CSI, NCSI, yeah. And CSI Miami. C- yeah. SVU. SVU. And, oh, order. There we go. And then the, the, the funny shows were Big Bang Theory and Two and a Half Men. And then Two and a Half Men dropped out. So Big Bang Theory was the only one left eventually. And you're like, no wonder everybody's stressed out and anxious. There's no more humor anywhere. Mm-hmm. Now, I've always said this about media, movies especially. You have to have humor in it. And I think that's one of the things where Game of Thrones thrived in is, you know, little Tyrion, the little little guy. He was funny. And they had a couple of funny characters in the midst of all this drama. And the, But then towards the end of the seasons, they stopped his humor. And he was more of a... He was very serious. Diplomat. Yeah, very yeah. serious. So I think that helped tank that show. Anyhow, I don't know where all... Oh, yeah, we were oh, watching Hard Knock. So we were all excited, got it on, queued up, started mm-hmm. watching it 15 seconds in. I just went over and turned it off. I was like, I, I don't want to watch this. Yeah. I don't want to be depressed. I don't want to be sad. I don't want to see mm-hmm. some, you know, story about... You know, I want to, I'm, I want fo- football. Now, Hard Knocks has always been more about the off-the-field stuff than the on-the-field stuff. You know, so you got that. And, you know, there's always, there should be a balance between this stuff. You know, you got the stats guys. They should be balanced out. You got the personal interest stories. That should be balanced out with the actual analysis and football on the field stuff, which is my belly work. That's what I like. I mean, I like getting into players' personalities and their histories and all that good stuff once I really get into them on the field, like Vita Vea and stuff. You know, I'm like, oh, I really like him. I'd like to know more about him. But, it seems like we get an overdose of the, the personal interest stories and the statistics. But and they're not, not good personal interest stories. Yeah, right. They're always tragedies. Always tragedies. Like they recovered from cancer mm-hmm. and their mom died. Dr. Prescott, his brother died. You know, all mm-hmm. this stuff. And then they want to go into his injury. And you're like. Yes, I'm not. I'm t- I need funny stuff. Yeah. I want funny well, stuff. Remember Hard Knocks. I mean, there was that classic scene from the Ravens, Hard Knocks. The first, that was first they, season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what happened to that? Yeah. Like, that you was know, funny. these guys in these NFL locker rooms, they are not walking around all depressed unless you're in like Jacksonville. Right. But like, for the most part, <laughs> they're having a good time. They're playing fun. You know, yeah. these are their boys and they're yeah. having a good time the whole time. They're not going around talking about their tragedies the mm-hmm. whole time. It's just so. It's it's everything's so dramatic anymore. It's dramatic. It's trying to appeal to a weird. I don't understand what who they're trying to appeal to with this I, stuff. I would say they're trying to appeal to the women. I agree. The, or I agree. the the effeminate suit people. I don't know. Yeah, you know, I think who, that's who the focus groups have said. Oh, you need to pay attention to these people, yeah. this, and this is what they want to hear. Right. Yeah, guys like me, we are few and far between. You know, we're interested in the X's and O's and the Jimmys and Joes and. You know, the, the competition and strategy on the field between the coaches, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, we're, we seem to definitely be a minority. But, you know, it's just I just had to turn it off. I was just like, I'm just not in the mood for it. I have to be in the mood for it, you know. So maybe maybe we'll watch it. Maybe we won't. I don't know. But with that, we went on a rant there, totally unplanned and uncalled for. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got a great show for you. Besides that, mm-hmm. eight-minute rant uh 
We've got news. We're going to cover some of the preseason games, some more of that in our division. Uh, got some uh, – you got stuff around the NFL. We got Bucks news. You got stuff around the NFL. Laid I some, do indeed. No, I was getting ready to say we laid some people off. Like we're – Yeah. We'll talk <laughs> some, about that, our roster moves. We, we cut some people, added some people. and uh, But first, number one point of business – Accountability, fact checks, and follow-ups. Need a drum roll there. Oh, okay. I need a, I need a fact check. I have a fact check on myself. Okay. I had said in a previous episode that we were already down to eighty-five mm-hmm. on the roster. That was not correct. I got bad information. I should have checked it out myself. We were not down to eighty-five, so we cut. Um, gosh, I put it away already. Uh, John Franklin and somebody else, and then we put, I can't remember, hmm. I'll find it. Um, and then we put um, Sidarius Hutcherson on IR and signed a tackle in his place, and that got us down to IR, or oh, um, 85. 85. 85. Yes, okay, good. Fact-checking yourself, very good. I am. Keeps me from having to do it at work. You had brought this up on the 10-Minute News yesterday, right? I did, yeah. Okay. All right, first fact check. According to Bucks Time 12, one of our viewers on YouTube, he said Tryon, our defensive end, was not called for helmet-to-helmet in that game. He was called for lowering his body weight on a quarterback. I thought it was helmet-to-helmet. So thank you for that, Bucks Time. We do appreciate it. You were correct. We were wrong. I was wrong. I don't think Molly had any input on that. My point still stands. It was a horrible call. <laughs> Uh, you know what? How how far are they going to take this quarterback stuff? Because to me, it didn't look malicious. It didn't look to me like he was trying to hurt the quarterback. It was. A, I thought it was a good hit. So inconsistent in the preseason mm-hmm. week one. Like we watched the Panthers game, we watched New Orleans, and we watched Atlanta, and there were hits that were as bad, if not worse, on quarterbacks that they did not call. Mm-hmm. So it's very inconsistent. Um, I want to talk about a. Uh, the taunting rule. Okay. Well, we'll talk about that in a second. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, there were worse calls, I thought, or worse hits, I thought, mm-hmm. in the preseason that just were not called. And so yeah, the, it's just the refs in our game were atrocious. Yeah. We we covered that already, but it was just bad. It's preseason. They're they're learning too. They're getting yeah. coordinated. Same same with the camera guys. <laughs> they're all getting yeah, to yeah. microphone audio guys. They're everybody's. In preseason right now. All right. Uh, fact check. Now, this is a circular loop here. This is the third time we've done this fact check, I think, or the second time. Uh, I had said that Molly was incorrect because she had said that Ryan Smith went to the Tennessee Titans. And she was like, oh, I did say that? I thought I said the Texans. Well, that's where he originally went. And I said, no, you said the Texans or the I Titans. Said the Titans. So I went back, listened to it, I finally found the clip, and she was correct. She did say they went to, that he went to the Texans. So basically what you're saying, let me get this straight, is I was right. Yes, you were right twice, actually. (laughs) (laughs) And this is just me admitting it. All right, awesome. Yes, so Ryan Smith is with the Texans. That's That's a horrible train wreck of a place to go. I feel I bad for him. I liked Ryan Smith. I did too. 
I did too. Is that where our defensive backs go to die? It seems that way. Uh, Hargreaves went there. Yep. Yep. And he's out of the league now, right? Don't know. Oh, gosh. Are you looking it up? I'm going to look it up. Okay, you look it up while I continue. All right. Uh, Follow-up. Now, this is a follow-up we had done in, I want to say, 2017. So it was four years ago. It might have been 2018. Anyhow, who decides the top NFL 100 list? Mm. And this is a question we had answered, and I'm going to answer it again. According to a 2013 article from Pro Football Talk, all players receive a ballot for the NFL top 100 list. Each player lists only his top 20 players in the league. The top-ranked player earns 20 points. The second-ranked player earns 19 points and so forth. And then they add them all up. Uh, Votes are done during Pro Bowl balloting so they can do them together. Voting is from November to April. The list has one major rule. Retired players are not eligible for the list, even if they retire during the season. And usually only about 20 or 30% of the players uh, submit the list. Sorry, my alarm's going off on my phone. So so all all the players get a form, get a voting ballot, and about 20 to 30% of them turn it in. Of course, that was in 2013. I don't know if that's gone up or down here recently. But that's who does it. It's the players. The top 100 is okay. the players. Cool. It has nothing to do with the coaches or anything. Now, again, like I was, I was saying, even the players, you would think players would know who is good players. But you only know if a player is good as if you have played against them. You know, one thing about highlight reels and and the stats is there's a a craft ton of variables that go into things that are uh, not listed. For instance, you know, say a guy gets three sacks in a game. You think, ooh, he's really good. Well, he might be going up against a offensive lineman who is not very good or is hurt and or is, you know, has some type of issues or whatever. So it's not really that this guy that got the three sacks is good. It's that the offensive lineman is bad. But it's going to show up as the defensive lineman as good who got the sacks. They don't have sacks for who sucks, which they should. You know, they should have stats for who misses blocks, who uh, doesn't fulfill their assignments, who gets beat, you know, in, in a play. But they don't. So stats are very misleading and when people follow stats, they're they're following kind of a phantom, you know. Uh, there's plays and teams who it's their opponent that is bad that makes them look good, and that that's a huge thing. I mean, opponents mean everything. Uh, I, I, when I was back into boxing, really big, I was a big fan of uh, Marvin Hagler. Loved Marvin Hagler. Uh, there was a uh, uh, Sugar Ray Leonard. But then there was a third guy. Sugar Ray Leonard and Marvin Hagler kept swapping the belt back and forth. Uh, but there was a third guy. Uh, oh, I can't remember his name. Hines. The, if you could ask me at any other time, I'd be able to spout it off real quick. But uh, he was always fighting those two, and he had great fights. But he could never get the championship because those two guys were just a little bit better than him. And if they weren't there, he would have been the champion. Because he was a good fighter. It's like in NASCAR, Mark Martin, the 
you know, he had to go against Jeff Gordon and Dale Earnhardt. So Mark Martin was like always second, you know, but he was a good, uh, uh, mm-hmm. Matt Kenseth, same way, you know, very quiet. He would just compete and win. Uh, he won the championship one year, but you know, he had, he was up against the Jimmy Johnsons and all these guys. So you're only as good as your competition. So when these guys are making these lists, if you don't play against that guy, you can't evaluate how good he is unless you watch game film and really analyze. And these guys are not watching game film on guys that they're not going to play. You know, that'd be like you coming home from your job and doing your job without any need to. You know, saying you're not getting paid for it or anything. I mean, you're not going to sit here and do put numbers in spreadsheets just because you like doing it. And these guys are not getting off work watching film all day and then going home and watch film all day on guys that they're not going to play. You know, so it's all a popularity contest and, you know, hearsay and all that good stuff. I'm saying all that because I'm still mad (laughs) that Shaquille Barrett was, what, 88th, 83rd? Yeah, let me run through those real quick because I think the last podcast, they were not all out yet. So we've got Tristan Wirfs at 89. Number 88 is Shaq Barrett. 81 is Chris Godwin. 59, JPP. Uh, 48 was Mike Evans, and 43 was Levante David. Good. So we've still got a couple players going on. Now, somebody in the comments had mentioned that they think Vita Vea should be on the list. Now, I agree with you. I'll, I'll agree with that 100%. But I don't know if he will be because he was out for, what, 12 games last year? Yeah, m- most mm. of them. I think like week five and then mm-hmm. five through 17 and then two games of the playoffs, right? Or did he come, he came back for Washington? Oh man, I can't remember if he came back for Washington. Uh, um, okay, I just looked it up. Vernon Hargraves is still with the Texans. Really? Yes. Well, that might explain why they suck he so. He signed <laughs> a an extension of, in the off season, actually. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, the speaking of the NFL top one hundred, the uh. They did 41 through 100 already, and then they're going to do 40, 11 through 40 this Sunday. So then Sunday at 4 p.m., and then the top 10 will be another day. Okay. So I, I don't – it wouldn't surprise me if he's not on there. Yeah. You know, he, I mean, he should be on there just because he's awesome, but – you know, and somebody got, else said Winfield. Now, I 100% think Winfield should, you know, just based on his play from last year. I think that he's just infamous now because of this. Oh, because of the, know? the taunting. Everyone saw that in the po- in the Super Bowl. I mean, that's like the image from the Super Bowl, I think. So I hope he'll get that recognition. I don't know if he will, but we'll see. Yes, you're right. The the Vita did not come back until the Packers game. He was he didn't play with against the Redskins or against the Saints. Okay. Right again. Yeah. I'm gonna start tallying them up. Yeah, it'll be a short list. <laughs> <laughs> um. So okay. that that's it for fact checks and follow ups. We're getting really good at this. Okay, I want to <laughs> follow up to my fact check earlier. <laughs> <laughs> So the two players that we waived were John Franklin and center Donnell Stanley was okay. the other one. 
that we waived. And then we got rid... Where'd I go? Okay. Uh, Sidarius Hutcherson went on IR, and then we signed Jake Benzinger. Tackle. Okay. So, there we go. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, we have to get down to 80 by next Tuesday. And then 53, the final cut, is August 31st. We've got two weeks. Two weeks, and we'll know our team. Eh, it's going to be the same damn team. I no, know. Other than, what, three or four people? Like a few backups, yeah. Although Tanner Hudson, I don't know. He wasn't in practice today oh, because of his wrist. I know. And B.A. Uh, said... Um, they were like, oh, is he going to be back? You know, what's going on with him? And B.I. was like, he might not even make the team if he doesn't come back, basically. I'm telling you, I, I like Bruce Arians because he says all the stuff that I would say. Mm -hmm. He's a confirmation mm -hmm. bias medallion for me. That, that's exactly how I feel. I mean, the guy, he, he's done great in the preseason. He did great in the last preseason game. He did great in preseason last year. But then when he got on the field, he got his chances. He just stank it up. He was horrible mm -hmm. at blocking. He didn't. I'm not even sure if he caught a ball. He had a couple in the touch in the end zone that he dropped. And you know, I mean, you're like, hey, look, it, we've got a stacked team, especially at tight end. And if you're not going to be out here. You're definitely not going to make the team, you know, because you're you're just not showing anything on the field other than preseason against second and third stringers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, again, availability is accountability. And if you well, and his only value, especially in a tight end room that's stacked with Gronk. I mean, just Gronk alone. Yeah, you're like right there. Um, but then you got Cam Brate and OJ mm -hmm. theoretically. <laughs> theoretically. <laughs> So, I mean, just in that room alone, the only way you're going to make the roster is if you're showing value yeah. elsewhere, mm -hmm. namely special teams. And if you're not going to be there, yeah, like what, you're not going to take up a roster spot. Right. It's not going to happen. Yeah. I, I, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he's gone. I, I, I've been saying that all off season. Uh Cam Gill, we got an update on him. Was he at practice today? Uh, he was not at practice today. So They're going to cut him. Damn it. Yeah. So here is who was out at practice today. Cam Gill, Jordan Whitehead, Raven Green, Tanner Hudson, Troy Maine Pope, Travis Johnson. So we got O.J. Howard back today and Robert Hainsey came back today. But B.A. said it's iffy if Hainsey is going to play on Saturday. Hmm. So Cam Gill has been out almost all preseason, right? Training yeah, camp. I think so. And we, we nobody would say what the problem was. Right. Okay. So and Rondé then, during the preseason game said it was a hamstring. And then you saw but, him with a boot on. No. Yeah, I didn't see him. Um, one of the Bucks reporters said he had a boot on his foot. So I'm like, oh, that's not well, a hamstring. That's Bucks reporters. It could have been a bag over his head. They get it wrong. <laughs> Uh, I kid. So, so we don't know what's going on with him and why no he's idea. not practicing. And there's really no follow up on it. I mean, it's, it's kind of, to me, that's the biggest issue with our team right now was him. Cause I, I liked him when he was on the field, he made plays. He was fast, agile. He would be a good backup for our, our linebackers, outside linebackers. And 
you know, down the line, he might turn into something really good. But, you know, can't, if you can't show up, you're not going to be on this team. It, we're too stacked at every position. Exactly. That's what I was about to say. Even that position, too, is just stacked. Mm-hmm. you got JPP and Shaq. Now you got Tryon. you got Tryon that we just drafted, which mm-hmm. everyone's saying he's an animal. Mm-hmm. And then you have Anthony Nelson, who's serviceable, serviceable backup. You know, mm-hmm. he's safe. There's no reason that they're going to get rid of him. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, and you have an uh, Ledbetter, Seattle Ledbetter. Side linebacker. Uh, no. no, but that's the thing with okay. a lot of our guys. They can play outside all, linebacker. Yeah. Um, Goldstein can play outside linebacker. Right. So, you know, it's just, if you're not, and then who's the other one? Not Cam Gill. It's the other one. Who's, oh, Quentin Bell. Quentin Bell. also pretty good. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So it's like they're they're kind of fighting, I think, for the, him, Cam Gill, and... um. Quentin Bell, I think, are fighting for that fifth spot. So I think if uh, there's no fight, I mean, Cam Gill's putting up it, no fight. Exactly. If you're injured, you can't fight for a position. I mean, I would have to say that it, it, to, to me, Cam Gill sounds like he's given up. Mm-hmm. Like he's just seceding his spot. Mm-hmm. So that's just, that's just horrible. It sucks. I had high hopes for him. Then again, I had, I had high hopes for uh, Noah Spence. Mm-hmm. He turned out to be nothing. And... Where where was it he went to Chicago? No, he went to the Redskins, Redskins. and then he went to the Saints. So Saints and they the just Saints just cut him. They just cut him. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, he's done. Yeah. Yeah. Um you, you got you unless you're gifted with supreme talent in this league, you gotta hustle, man. You gotta bust your butt and you have to go out there and show these guys that you'll do whatever it takes. You'll practice until you pass out. If you don't, because that's what they, I mean, that's like the minimum. That's like the minimum. Unless you're born with, or unless you have like extreme high level skills, you got you to go out there and just show them you will sacrifice everything. Yeah. And then you're not even guaranteed. And when you don't even show up for practices or you're walking around in a boot or, you know, you get a hamstring when there's five guys ahead of you who are out there practicing and everything, they're going to pick them all day long. Mm-hmm. I don't care how, how much potential you show and that just sucks i, I hate the to see that with players of the game. Yeah, yeah the churning the churning so we had some more churning today good segue there uh raven green was actually cut today so mm, that's a shame i don't know who he is <laughs> he's safety he's actually from virginia beach where we are uh so anyway, he's coming home. And then we, should we meet him at the airport? <laughs> and then we claimed tackle Brandon Walton off of waivers. The Steelers just waived him. Steelers, huh? You know who we need to get off waivers anytime the the Washington Redskins or the Chargers get rid of offensive linemen, we need to snag them up. Because those those are the only two offensive lines that did a pretty good job of holding our defensive lines in check last year. So, in your opinion, if they have they have an abundance of offensive linemen, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so the people they're cutting aren't necessarily bad. Right. They just have too many good they ones. They just have too many good ones. Right. Well. This guy's from where? Steelers. Yeah. Didn't Pouncey retire this year? I don't know. Let me look. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm just trying to save you. I'm keeping you busy. Yes, he yeah. did. He sure did. 
Marquise Pouncey, retired. He used to be the center for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes. For 11 years. It's a long That's time. That's crazy. Yeah. Especially for an offensive lineman. That's yeah. really good. Um, okay, speaking of other offensive linemen. So we talked about Caleb Beninock before going to the Bills. I guess they caught him. Mm-hmm. And then... We reported yesterday that he was working out with the Saints, and they did end up signing him. So he is reuniting with Jameis Winston. <laughs> I could, there would be nothing happier that would make me happier than seeing the Saints turn into the uh, 2010 and beyond Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. For the past decade, fucking. It looks like they're heading that direction. They are heading I mean, that direction. That preseason game was nuts. Oh good. my gosh, we watched it, and you know, I had heard people talking about it, and they said that you know the stats were similar between Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston, and both of them had their good moments and their bad moments. So it was kind of a tie and all that good stuff. That's what I had heard. I watched it. There is no way on this planet that Jameis Winston beat out Taysom Hill in that game. That Taysom Hill played much better. James Winston looked like James Winston. He has not changed a bit. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? He was goofy. He was clumsy. Made <clears throat> the, bad decisions. Yeah, he made bad decisions. But, you know, he had those couple of plays where you're just like, ooh, you know, big yeah. deep bombs and stuff. And his very first play, remember, remember when we drafted him, his very first play, pick six. His very last play with us, pick six. His very first play, in this preseason game, he trips, he runs into the running back, they get their legs caught up, and they he falls, James Winston falls down. After the handoff. After the handoff, the running back bobbles the ball and then ends up fumbling it, and mm-hmm. the uh, Ravens got it. Now, And you're like, very middle. first play. Thank you, Jameis. It's just, that's so Jameis. It was Jameis. Yeah. Taysom Hill had, I think, two or three turnovers, mm-hmm. too, too, but one of the one of them didn't squirt out from the running back. One of them it didn't it wasn't his fault, but yeah. I think it was chalked up to him. I, both of them wasn't his fault. I think. Yeah. You know, one the receiver stopped. It was a communication issue. The receiver was going across the middle, and Taysom Hill. As soon as he threw it, the receiver stopped in his tracks, and the ball kept going, and it was intercepted. Uh. But I thought Taysom Hill looked much, much better than Jameis Winston. Jameis yeah. Winston, he's so, like, what do you say? You called him, he's a baby gazelle, mm-hmm. baby giraffe. Like a newborn baby gazelle. Yeah, that's how he, he moves around. He's and you're, so it's so true. Learning how to use their legs, you know, they just fall out and then mm. they got to stand up and run from predators. That's Jameis Winston. Even the announcer mentioned Jameis's happy feet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he did have one beautiful bomb mm-hmm. that could have been picked off. <laughs> yeah, it was, he wasn't thrown to Mike Evans, so. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, there's a Jameis Winston game. I thought there, there was no doubt in my mind that Taysom Hill played better. I'd I'd take Taysom Hill as my quarterback over Jameis Winston right now. Well, you've been singing Taysom Hill's praises for years. Well, except for last year when he got that chance, he just came out. Looking flat. Dunk it up. Yeah. So it don't matter. Either way they go, they're screwed. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> so, you know, that game was it was okay. The the Colts 
Panthers game, boring. Boring. I mean, we like fell asleep watching that game. We're just like, oh my gosh, there was nothing going on in that game. I think the ref crew was like the most exciting thing. I don't remember. I don't that, know. Right, exactly. That's how boring it was. But then the Atlanta uh, t- Titans game. Yeah. That was great, man. I mean, those guys were hidden. There was some great tackling. And the the runbacks, the punt returners and kick returners were both just lighting it up, man. It was great. Uh, Atlanta kind of fell off with the kick returns because they put somebody else in. Mm-hmm. Uh, originally, they started off with number 35, uh, Avery Williams. And he was just juking all over the place. Uh, Tennessee had number 12, Mason Kinsey. And he was juking all over the place. It was yeah, fun watching We're going to watch him in this preseason game if he plays, if he starts. See how mm-hmm. our guys match up against him. I think yeah, that'll be a real tell for our special team. The way our special teams played week uh, preseason special. one and all of last year. <laughs> yeah, they were very <laughs> special. They were short bunch special. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, this Mason Kinsey is just going to – He's going to pop off 30, 40 yard runs on us. But oh, no. it, I, don't, I think he was second string now. I don't think he's their, their starting. I think Cordell Patterson is their starting kick okay. returner. So that'll be interesting to watch. But that was a fun game. I mean, it was like our game. It was like, man, there was some good stuff out there, good hitting going on, which, it, you know, it made me kind of lift my eyebrows up. I'm like, ooh, Atlanta might not be as bad as I thought they were going to be. Well, did you look at the scoreboard, though? No. It was like 13 to 3. Oh, that's right. They're the ones that couldn't to score touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they even got like way far down the field and they could not seal the deal. They kept mi- No, they weren't missing field goals. Who was I missing all the field goals? I think he missed one. Young Ho Foo Koo. Koo. Young Ho Koo. Yes. Who was, it, who was it that was missing all the field goals? Oh, my goodness. Tennessee? I can't remember. Somebody just missed a whole crap load of field goals. Yeah, but I don't remember. Atlanta looked a lot better than I thought they would be, especially, especially their depth, which is you know what you look for in these these games. But they didn't even Matt Ryan didn't even dress Mm-mm. for the game. No, so. they had that quarterback who was just getting destroyed. Neither team could block, so uh, Atlanta's defense was killing their quarterback and. Uh, the Titans' defense was killing Atlanta's quarterback, and the same with the the New Orleans game. Remember, we were sitting there going, "Wow, New Orleans' mm-hmm. defense looks really good." Yeah, yeah. But then the exact opposite was happening too, where the quarterbacks were getting chased out. The Saints' quarterbacks were getting chased around. Yeah, just destroyed. Mm-hmm. I think. I think it just goes to show how hard offensive line is and to find good offensive linemen Mm -hmm. and you also wonder like these guys how long have they been practicing together yeah you know most starting offensive lines have been together for a while if they're decent yeah yeah they have to really coordinate together it's a big it's a big issue with them uh the the other thing that with the james winston and Taysom Hill battle there was James Winston was out there with the second, third string guys. Mm-hmm. He was also going up against the second and third string defense. You know, so you could say, well, you know, he, he was he wasn't playing with the first team, so that's maybe why he looked bad. But he was going against the second and third string defense. And he just looked like crap, I thought. Other than, you know, his usual he'd get those big throws or those spectacular dynamic plays every now mm-hmm. and then. The uh, AJ McCarron 
is number five. He's he's back up for Matt Ryan. But then uh, Felipe Franks is number 15. Mm-hmm. He impressed me. I liked him. Uh, they were getting destroyed. The quarterbacks were. Mm-hmm. And he came in, and he just started running all over the place. He was throwing some great passes. He's a big, tall dude, too. I think yeah. he's six foot seven or something, six foot six. Yeah, I thought he did really six well. Foot six. six and foot especially, six. yeah, they. I mean, they were getting a ton of pressure, and they killed the guy before him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, McCarron, A.J. McCarron. So, the uh, the 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 Panthers, bleh, bleh. There was nothing there. Uh, same with the Colts. I think the Colts are going to suck this year. But I know, and they don't have you know Philip Rivers just retired, so mm-hmm. I don't. What? Oh yeah, uh, Carson. Isn't Carson, Carson Wentz, Wentz their quarterback now? I, I didn't see him like, playing. I yeah, no, because he's been injured. Remember, <laughs> he got injured like, in camp, and you're like, "Wow, really?" He's always injured. What? So even if he comes back for the regular season, like he's gonna have no preseason. Oh my God! This is who they got. Jacob Eason is their starting quarterback. Sam Islander is their backup. Was a rookie. They got Brett Hundley as third string, and Carson Wentz as fourth string. I think that that's just because, because Carson's injury. injured. Yeah. yeah, he'll be a starter once they Jacob he gets back at it. Jacob Eason. He he was in the he was in the league last year. He was a backup in Indianapolis. So they've got they've got a one year guy and a rookie behind Carson Wentz Oof. if he starts. <laughs> they better hope he doesn't. End up blowing a tire or something. My no, goodness. Kidding. But at least that division is not that strong with the exception of the Titans. They have a defensive end named Quitty Pay. What? Quitty Pay. Quitty Pay? Quitty Pay. How about that? <laughs> I wonder what the, where, the origin of that one. So at training camp, it's the first joint practice today against the Titans. And what stuck out to me, first of all, is that the Bucks media is all in a tizzy about the number of drops. And I'm going to call out particularly its Peter report. That's mm. just, I um, think Arians even said something about it. Didn't well, but he too. said, oh, they had a good day offensively today, despite mm. all the drops. <clears throat> so, you know, for him, he and he did say it wasn't um, – Tom's best day either. Mm. So it wasn't just. But they picked up on the drops thing. Huh? Yeah, and they were kept talking about it. the drops. I think they've been writing. Uh, they've been <laughs> writing about it uh, for a while. I, th- as I recall, for in training in camp? camp. Yeah, in camp. Well, they should have been writing about it all last year. I complained I about it. Yeah. You know, for our elite receivers, we have way too many drops. Yeah, but that's the the narr- I think that's going to be a narrative. Got to find yeah. something. Huh? Yeah, exactly. So, but there's a Tennessee Titans reporter, Paul Kaharski, and he writes for OutKick. And he tweeted and said that our offensive tempo is way faster than the Titans. Mm. Like he said, we're just fast. So I thought that was interesting. Like our offense just goes fast. Mm, yeah. Yeah, especially now that they're much more in sync. 
Yeah. How about they going to go real fast? Yeah. And then we got guys like AB, like mm-hmm. Jalen Darden. Yeah. And like, little Scotty Miller. Yes. Got some speedsters. Exactly. Scotty Miller. So. Wouldn't that be something to see? Darden, uh, Scotty Miller, and Antonio Brown out there oh, lined my up. God. Going deep. That'd be so awesome. They I bet every call defense that play like Sonic the Hedgehog or something. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Our daughter would like that. Sonic. Yeah. yeah. I know. So um I just thought that was interesting and they'll they'll have another day tomorrow where they're practicing against each other. So And then we play them Saturday at seven. We play them Saturday at seven. Our starters are probably not gonna play. So that stinks, but we'll see how the second string do. Yeah. And anyway, the Titans look good, their second string. So I'm like, they were some tough guys. Mm -hmm. They played well. So I think it'll be a good matchup, even with the starters not playing. Yeah. Yeah, Titans are going to be a good team this year, maybe. You know, They have been, and there's no competition in the division. So I expect them to run the division again. Yeah, they still got Derrick Henry and Vrabel and... uh, they did lose their offensive coordinator, though, to Atlanta, which that was an interesting thing about that game. Did you know that? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't so know So Atlanta's head coach was Tennessee's former offensive coordinator. Yeah. So they'll be running a new offense this Interesting. Year. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if they're going to be doing a lot more running. He was they over. should. Good he Lord. <laughs> you got Derrick Henry, like top <clears throat> running back in the league. Well, I'm talking about Atlanta. Oh, Atlanta. Yeah. Who was it we were watching? They had that runner, 37. Remember? Was that? No, that that was New Orleans. New Orleans, yeah. Number yeah. 37 was just mm-hmm. killing it. And he looked like Alvin Kamara to me. Yeah, I was like, Like he really? had the hair kind of hanging down, too. As Jameis Winston said, they're, they're a good condom. <laughs> 37. Stop it. Uh uh Tony Jones Jr. Now he's on he's fifth on their depth chart. Who did you say? What? You said like Werner? Who did you say? I didn't say anybody. I just said thirty seven. Now Tony Jones Jr., he's behind Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray, Devontae Freeman, and Dwayne Washington right now. But you know, he was great, man. He was he was out there. Every time he got the ball, he was picking Mm -hmm. up ten yards. Yeah. And it wasn't like Open holes. He was finding stuff. Mm-hmm. He was doing great cutbacks, and he did. He had real good vision, man. Hopefully, they'll cut him. <laughs> Just what they need is more running backs. Yeah, yeah. Come on, come on, man. Um, so, so the Atlanta Falcons coach, head coach, used to be the offensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans. Why in the world would they get? He's he's off in the quarter for Tennessee Titans. Now they ran. That was that was their thing for the past few years. It's just been run Derrick Henry down your throat every now and then, pass the ball just to keep defenses honest. But then they hire that guy to be the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, where they have Matt Ryan. They did have Julio Jones. Might be why they don't have Julio Jones anymore. They're like, yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna throw the ball a whole lot. We're gonna well, be more of a running team. A good run game requires an offensive line, which Atlanta does not have mm. and has not had for many years. But maybe they think, oh, this guy can build one. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe he's he's they're focusing on the offensive line or something. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, just because he did that at Tennessee, had a, a run first offense, doesn't mean he's going to do that at Atlanta. You know, I don't, I don't know anything about the guy. So you'd have to go back and see his, his coaching tree. Mm-hmm. I know. What tree did he come from? <laughs> what tree? Who knows? Uh, did you know that Tom Brady's son, his 13-year-old, is at camp working as a ball boy? Mm, I had read something about that, but I did not know it. No. I think it's cool. Yeah. Get to go to work with your dad. That is awesome. He's 13, huh? Yeah. Is that his oldest? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. Mm. Can't remember. You'll have to look. Fact check. Follow up. Um, I do have some news from around the league. Are you ready for this? Yes. I don't know if you are. Um, apparently the FBI is getting in on the investigation into Deshaun Watson. Whoa. Uh, Yeah. So those bumbling retards are going to go in there and mess it all up. So what? Why? Are why they going to? What are they going to go in and d- destroy evidence, or why I, is the FBI getting involved? Why? What possibly? I mean, what interest do they have? High-profile case, maybe High they. Pro- I know that's what I think. Man. Yeah. So it was just. Isn't the case? He was getting massages from these women masseuses mm-hmm. and then just exposing himself and trying to get them to touch him. I mean, wasn't that basically the gist of it? I think so. So what in the world was the FBI need to get involved in that? And what is the investigation? I mean, I don't. <laughs> how much do you need to investigate this? <laughs> oh, what's the world come to? Man? I don't know. I don't know. Federal Bureau of Investigation. Investigation. We need to find out if you've been exposing yourself to female masseuses. I guess we need those pictures. That's what they're doing (laughs) for their collection. Evidence. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I hope it's not anything more serious, though. You know, they found out there's some weird stuff going on. I don't. I don't know. I don't understand it. Here we are. I, I don't understand how the investigation's taking so long. Like, what? You know, I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. Everything's weird. So, that is all that I have today. You got anything else? Uh, no, I'm looking at Tom Brady's kids. Oh. <laughs> he's, I, he's got, got two. Well, he's got Evie. He's got Evie. Yeah. She's so cute. And he's, he's so... Just the wrap around her finger. You just, you relate to that. I do very much so. <laughs> Vivian. That's her yeah. name, Vivian. Right, but they call her Evie. Evie. Yeah. yeah. So we got Vivian. Uh, okay, so this is what happened. You know, he's three, right? Benjamin. Yeah. So the oldest is with uh, an actress, and she... She was on, I think, Law and Order, and she got pregnant, and they broke up like a me. I think that they were already broken up when she got pregnant. Moynihan? And, yeah, yeah, and they weren't serious, really. I think they had dated like a year or something, mm-hmm. and then, uh, so then I think he got with Giselle when she was pregnant, when the Bridget 
Was her name Bridget? Uh, when she yes, was Bridget. pregnant, he got with Giselle. And then I think shortly after, they start, they had a baby. So he had, I think that they were kind of close in age, weren't they? Mm-hmm. A couple years. Yeah. Uh, so Jack and Benjamin. Yeah. So Jack is the one that's at camp. So okay, which one so is he's he by? Yeah, they, that's Bridget's son. Okay. And he's the one that lives in New York. And Tom was like, I wanted to make sure that whatever team I went to, it would be a quick trip to New York so that I could see my son. He calls he calls Jack his good luck charm. Oh. In life. Yeah. It seems like they have a good relationship because he's talked mm-hmm. about him a lot. So Apparently. And him and uh, Bridget Moynihan still have a real good relationship, apparently. He wishes her happy birthday and happy Mother's Day regularly on his Instagram account. Oh. So, And uh, nice. Jack, whose real name is John Edward Thomas Moynihan. Oh, my goodness. He goes by Jack, of course. That's the mouthful. Yeah. Uh, he calls Giselle his bonus mom. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. He doesn't call her stepmom. He calls her bonus mom. Bonus mom. Bonus mom. <laughs> I bet all his friends like always want to come over. I don't know why. Millionaires, supermodel, bonus mom. <laughs> bonus mom. Oh my oh, goodness. I, mean, I want to go over there. I know. Just to hang out. I know. I'll be friends with the kids. I don't care. That's creepy. Yeah, that is kind of creepy. <laughs> FBI's going to show up on your doorstep. <laughs> Okay, there was a vaccinated player who re, who got hospitalized for COVID. His name was Dion Dawkins. Now, I'm bringing this up because we had spoken about this in the previous podcast, how last year with all the COVID stuff going on, there was no players who died. There was only one player who was hospitalized, uh, running back for Jacksonville Jaguars, right? Jacksonville? Mm-hmm. And he's now a free agent floating around out there somewhere. And uh, so, so I think that one retired. I think that one he had like complications and he hasn't come back. Well, he hasn't come back. He tried. Yeah. He, he, he I think he tried it for the Giants and they were just gotcha. like, man. Oh, remind me to talk about the Giants. Okay. You're done. So Deion Dawkins, he's the starting offensive tackle for the Buffalo Bills. Now, this happened back in. July, and we're just now finding out about it, but he was hospitalized after getting the first vaccine, but he was hospitalized with COVID. So, it, yeah, it was within like two weeks of getting the first or right. the second dose. What I don't think he got the second dose, I think it was in between mm-hmm. the first and second doses. But anyhow, he, he was he was saying, you know, it's the biggest uh, health issue he's ever had in his life, and you know, he said that, uh, he, he dealt with shortness of breath, fever chills, coughing, dehydration, the full checklist of symptoms attached to COVID-19. Uh, so I'm, I'm trying to find out if he was, if it was after the first shot or after the second shot. They okay. they buried that down in the article. Yeah, it's way at the bottom. Yeah. Um, but, and then he said he... You know, it was the worst thing he had experienced. And then he had proselytized to oh, other dude. people that he knew, including players and family members. Yes. Yeah, he did. He, he got fully vaccinated. 
but mm-hmm. it, the positive result came within the two week period following his second dose mm-hmm. for the vaccine to fully kick in. So we have a fully vaccinated player was hospitalized. For well, they would argue that he wasn't fully vaccinated. Yeah. Well, here's my question, though. NBA said by the start of the season, when we get down to the 53 man roster, we'll be at nearly 100%. We might have one holdout. Mm-hmm. But, but here's my question. You know, now they're talking about booster. So mm-hmm. what happens if you haven't gotten a booster? Are you back to unvaccinated? Oh, yeah. Like, what's going to happen? Heck, yeah. If they put the, if they, as soon as they come out with the boosters, that means everybody's unvaccinated until you get that booster. Right? That's how it works. I mean, if you get, if you only get one shot from the vaccination, you're considered unvaccinated. Right. If you get two shots and then with two week period after the vaccination, you're considered unvaccinated. Mm-hmm. Then if you don't get the booster shot, you should be considered unvaccinated. So that means all this is going to start all over again. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I know. And then how do you handle that until people can get the third shot? Like, do you start swabbing them again? And then, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. When, all the when restrictions. Are they yeah. yeah. When are they considered fully vaccinated? I think it just it causes a huge logistical issue for the NFL. Yeah. And... It, it's almost impossible to follow. It was like, who was it that the, the tight end for somebody was like, you know, I got vaccinated so that I wouldn't have to go through all this stuff. Now they're saying I have to go through all this stuff again. It was Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham. You know, that that's the thing. I, what, what are the, what are the goalposts here? What are the, what are the lines? You know, at first it was, you know, herd immunity. We were supposed to, you know, we were all waiting for the vaccination so that we could vaccinate the elderly and the people that were, you know, in danger of getting COVID and, and getting sick and dying. And now it's, I don't know what it's turned into. Now it's everybody's got to get vaccinated all the time forever. I don't you know. know. Get and booster that, shots every eight months. It, and the NFL is really pushing it. And so like the Raiders have said, uh, only vaccinated fans can come in. And hmm. yeah. See, I don't, and I don't understand and not just this. No, wait. They're having vaccines like in the parking lot. Like you can go get your vaccine. That's exactly where I'd get the needle put in my arm is in the (laughs) parking lot during a tailgate (laughs) football game. Isn't that coercion? Like they can't give tattoos if you're drunk. Why could they perform a medical procedure? Good point. I don't know. Uh, Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, what? I, that's what I don't understand about all this is, is everything just keeps is constantly shifting and moving, and you don't know what's what's the end game here. You know, it, it's never going to go away. People know that, right? I mean, this this is a virus. Viruses don't go away. You know, if we, you can't even vaccinate it away. The only way you could vaccinate it away is if you vaccinated everybody and killed every animal, because you know. Deers, cats, dogs, most mammals are reservoirs for these viruses, mm-hmm. you know, and they give it to you. You give it to them. It's just swapping back and forth all the time. And I mean, so we would have to basically vaccinate everybody and everything in order to, I mean, is that the goal? I've, I've never heard anybody say that, that we're trying to completely eradicate the coronavirus. But that means we, we have to do it to everybody on the planet and every animal. It's just, Right. Am I, right. am I, or close the borders, you know? I don't know. But how long you are you going to close the borders for? Yeah, forever. Because 
the stuff is there. I mean, viruses don't go away. Right. They just don't. Yeah. You know, we, we're living with viruses that have been around for millions of years. I mean, it's, I, I don't, I don't, that's why I, I'm just kind of perplexed by all of it. What is the goal here? I mean, if you look at it right now, people are dying. You know, the deaths happened last July. That was when, you know, the, we peaked and it, basically we got rid of the, the, the people that were going to succumb to this. And now it's just kind of, you know, hovering at a, you know, smaller percentage. So, so, so what, I don't understand what we're trying to do with all this stuff. In the NFL especially, it's like you have some of the most healthiest people on the planet mm-hmm. and you're mandating them to, you know, get vaccinated against something that's not going to affect them. It didn't affect them last year. I mean, none of them got sick. No, we're hospitals. One guy. Well, it amazed me how, you know, we've heard it's really contagious, but then you don't, if you look at the CDC website, it's like you're considered a close contact if um, it's like you have to be around people for like 15 minutes in close proximity, like within Like an airplane? Feet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which they never stopped. I know. <laughs> it's like, yeah. What sense does that make? I know. So, uh, I don't know. All right, let's get back to football. Yeah. I wanted to talk about the Giants today. So, the co-owner of the Giants is on the rules committee, and he was talking about how he thinks, you know, he's tired of being taunted. <laughs> so, that's why they're coming up with the taunting rule. Wait, he's tired of being taunted? <laughs> yeah. Or, so, well, you know, you could like quit sucking and then maybe the Giants wouldn't get daunted. No way. He said, this is what he said, quote, we get sick and tired of the talking that goes on from time to time. It's just a question of whether you can have rules that can be enforced and without taking the fun out of the game. We're, they're going to get as close as they can. Is that what I'm hearing? Here's fun. We're going to get as close to that and take everything else out <laughs> underneath fun. fun. Captain Fun Police. Captain Fun Police. Um, Yeah, yeah. how did that become a thing? I mean, on taunting, you know, I understand you want to be sportsmanlike and everything. No, you don't. No, no, I don't ever. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm kind of that opinion too. You know, I like when guys get out there and get up in each other's face. I think they should let them fight, like hockey. You know, these guys start fighting. It's like, hey, we don't care, but you got to line up in 35 seconds. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, if the other if the other guys get up, line up, snap the ball while you're fighting, yeah, that's a penalty on you. Right. But man, they jump up quick, get up in between guys, and then throw flags, and you know, there's all this stuff, and you're just like, just let them go at it. They're grown men. Mm-hmm. They exactly. probably they probably wouldn't fight as much as if you let the they the reason why they fight is because they know you're going to break them up. You know, let them go at it. Start taking bets on the sidelines. Right. They're in full padding. Like, how much damage are they going to do? Do you remember with the Saints last year, uh, that guy pulled the mouthpiece out and then punched yeah. that guy? Who was that? Um, I don't need names. It was teams. Okay. Chauncey Gardner? Yeah. And it was with uh, Chicago. Okay. Who came up to who? Was it Chicago? Oh, man, I cannot remember. I want to say, and it happened, um, did Chicago go to the playoffs too? Because it happened twice. And I can't remember. 
Anyhow. I think, yeah. The, it, I think it was Chauncey Gardner. Chauncey Gardner. I'm, did, I'm just trying to remember it. if it was the uh, the Saints player that pulled the mouthpiece out and then punched the guy or if it was mm-hmm. the Chicago player. It was Chicago. Well. it was two different receivers. I think Mills was one of them. might have been the first time. And then the second time, it was a different guy. But it was the same Saints defender both times. I watched a breakdown of this a couple days ago, and I didn't realize it, but before those two had gotten into it, and the guy, the guy who came out and ripped the mouthpiece out the of the Chicago guy, guy, the Chicago guy came up and ripped the mouthpiece out of the Saints guy and yeah. then punched him in the face. Right. That guy, the guy he did that to, had done that to him previously in the game. They had gotten into it, oh. and the guy ripped his mouthpiece out and like smacked him in the face. So this guy was sitting there the whole game, just dwelling on that. You I know? had and no as a, idea. Yeah, as a matter of fact, he threw the mouthpiece on the ground, and it became kind of an issue because they were playing right around it, and the the it the ball ended up being placed right next to it, and the center got down. Right, it's this old nasty oh, no. mouthpiece. The center got down. And he went to hike the ball, and he looked over, and he saw that. So he grabbed it, and he threw it behind him, right? So, Ugh. yeah, it became this whole thing where, yeah, so anyhow. I just found that very interesting. I was like, see, you never know. the full. You think this guy's being a total jerk, which he was. But he was he was retaliating, mm-hmm. and this guy doing it to him earlier in the game. You never heard about that part of the story. Mm-mm. I was like, that- huh. Is hilarious. Yeah. Just, you can tell, like, he clearly, the one guy got in the other guy's head. Oh, yeah. With the I mean, he was just it didn't, pissed. Yeah, the dude punches him, and he just, like, took it. It didn't even phase the guy. He was like, what are you doing? Then he punched him again. He was like, hey, hey, come on. He t- started looking around for the refs. And then the guy just started punching him in the face. He was like. And then he got rejected for retaliating. Did he? Later in the game. Rejected no, 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 or no, ejected? I mean, ejected. Okay. Like the Chicago guy, he got ejected for punching. Yeah, well, he should have been. I mean, that was, he just clocked that dude, man. It was a sucker punch. Anyhow, I can't, I I just thought of that, so I thought I'd bring it up. I found it interesting. So the New York Giants owner is upset that he keeps getting mocked. So that's why we have to have. I These don't taunting know. Rules? He said, we get sick and tired of the talking that goes on from time to time. He's he's the head of the he committee? He's co-owner of the Giants. Oh, he, he supports the new taunting rule. Oh, okay. I thought he was on the committee. Who is the head of the committee now? I haven't paid much it attention is, since Jeff Fisher. Be, yeah, it used to be Jeff Fisher. I don't know if it is anymore. We'll have to look. That'll be a follow-up. Okay. That's hilarious, though. He said, quote, nobody wants to see a player taunting another player. I know I certainly don't. What? Are, are you, do you like the NFL? I don't think he does. Like, why do you watch football? He probably hates to see. football team? He's like, nobody likes to see other guys tackle guys. So we need to stop tackling. Yeah. Well, you know, he probably doesn't want to see his own players get taunted. And it happens it's all happened the a time because mm-hmm. they're so shitty. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I don't have any patience for this. <laughs> I want to see the top team. <laughs> I'm here for the pettiness. Yes. I am here for the taunting. Mm-hmm. I am here for the hurt fifis. Yes. All right. We need to get this uh, wrapped up. Anything else? Nope. All right, guys. 
We will see you Friday. And uh, there's a game Saturday. We've got uh, 10-minute news that's going to be coming up tomorrow just to uh, keep everybody informed as to what's going on. Uh, so if you're interested in that, check us out on the YouTubes. Uh, it's just a real quick, we just pop in and talk about the day's news. And then Friday we'll have the full podcast again. And then Saturday we got the game. So fun Yay. stuff. Football is almost here, baby. Almost here. So close. All right. That's going to wrap it up for us. Till next time. Go Bucks.